It's another Friday evening and we're back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to A Woman Like You. You know, I've gotten so many feedbacks um, for last week's episode. So many women reached out to me to say, you know, they felt like I was talking directly to them. They could resonate with it. I was surprised at how many single mothers um, were out there feeling the same the same way I feel, the same way people that I know personally feel. And that, for me, it just felt really good to know that I was speaking from my own place, from my own experience, and at the same time, I was ministering to others. So I feel really good about that. Um, this week, this week's topic is a bit touchy for me. I I know it will be touchy for some of my listeners, but I just feel like this is to shed light, you know, awareness on some of the things that women have to deal with, some of the things that we we struggle with, that we are afraid to say we struggle with. And of course, I am here as the voice for the voiceless, you know. I share my stories, I share the experiences of others, so you, the listeners, can understand that what you're experiencing isn't just you, it isn't unique to you, you might be feeling it the way you are, there is someone else going through something similar and you're not alone, you know? So this week, you would have seen the topic, I know you're probably wondering, hmm, how so? I want to talk about the the burden that women carry as it relates to giving birth, to having children, right? The lack thereof. I just think this is something that so many people are not aware of what it is that they do, how inhumane it comes across to others and how they can be be a little more kind and sensitive to the fact that you might not know a person's story, you might not know what they're going through, but you don't need to know that to be kind. You don't need to know a person's story in and out to be thoughtful, you know, to be conscious of the fact that there are people struggling out here. You know, there are so many instances where you hear a woman talk about how they feel the pressure from society, the pressure from men, from women, from family members to give birth, the pressure to have children. Now, it is a blessing to be able to have children, right? We will, just disclaimer, but let's talk about the fact that it isn't so simple for some. It isn't so straightforward for some. Let us talk about the fact that there are women who are struggling daily because they already carry the blame. They they self-blame, you know, why can't I do this? Um, they have to deal with their partners sometimes who aren't very understanding because they think of what they need. You know, they have to deal with parents, with, you know, loved ones, siblings, it you know it all depends you have to deal with strangers you know who tell you or think they have the right to tell you 
what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing in what timing. I'm going to share my story. This is something that I don't talk about publicly, but of course, one of the reasons why I started this is to be transparent, you know, to share from a pure place so others can understand that there are people who struggle just like you, right? I I have a daughter, right? My daughter, beautiful girl, is now 12 years old. And so you might be able to relate to this, or maybe yours is a little bit different. But of course, even when it is that you have one child, in the eyes of society, that's still not enough. There, you know, let's let's just inject this here. You ever thought about how many rules women get? How we should do things, how many children we should give birth to. I mean, men do get the rules, but I don't think it's it's as strict and rigid as it is for us. You know, there's always somebody trying to tell a woman what to do, what to wear, how she should do it, what order she should do things in, whatever. But yeah, so let's go back to the fact that I do have a child, but there's still that that's not good enough because why do you have one child? What is one child? You know, some of the things I've heard, you know, having one child is technically not having one. And I'm like, wow, okay. So if you don't have any, you don't have any. If you have one, you still don't have any. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. So I do struggle where that is concerned, but Here's a part of my story that I never shared before on, unless it was like close friends or people who I trusted with this. I had gotten to a point in my life where I was pregnant. I, there are so many, so, so many ways to, to, um, to pick this story apart, but let's talk about the fact that I got pregnant for someone now let's just say right now that I'm actually grateful for how it turned out, right? Grateful for what I learned and all of that, because where I am right now in my life, having a child with that particular person, I don't think I would be where I am right now if I was in, you know. Um. All right. So I got pregnant and when I found out it was, it was, I want to say it was a surprise. We weren't trying to get pregnant, but we weren't trying not to. And so I found out I was pregnant and this was like, I think I found out pretty early five weeks or four weeks in one of the things that happened was that, um, I don't think I ever got attached to the idea. I shared with my close friends, I think friends, yeah, my close friends. I said it to my mother, but I never really got that feeling that I would hope to have one day if I do have more children. I never, I never had that sense of attachment. That was probably my, you know, some parts of me saying, Hey, be prepared. I think that was probably my inner man preparing me for what was going to happen. Right. Um, so I found out I was very selective about who I shared the information with for obvious reasons. You know, it was pretty early and all of that. I started having complications. Well, 
really pain. I ended up in the hospital, found out that long and short is I had, I had an ectopic pregnancy, right? Now, if you don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is, is where the baby isn't inside of the womb. So the, the, <laughs> yes, it was inside of my tube, right? It was inside of my fallopian tube. Now, when I got wind of that, I almost, I almost lost my life, right? I, I bled out, right? Sorry for the graphic details, but I was bleeding internally for, I would say about 16 hours, right? Didn't know it. I had crazy pain, but I didn't know what was happening. I figured something was off, but you know, I, I kind of have a high threshold for pain. So I was kind of riding it out and like, okay, it's some cramps. It, it was no cramps. It was ri really ridiculous pain, but I was, I was living through it. Right. Um, by the time I got to the ER, I found out that, Hey, this is the situation. Um, you've been bleeding internally. You lost a whole lot of blood. We're going to have to operate immediately. Now, that for me, I don't think I cared much about what was about to happen, about the fact that the, the, the pregnancy wasn't viable. I didn't care about that. I cared about my living child at the time. You know, if things go bad, what happens? I started to blame myself, like, listen, I, you know, if I go under this knife and, and I don't come out, who takes care of the living child? I had to really, really struggle with that. Even when I was asked to sign the documents to go into surgery, I just kept thinking about my living child. I didn't care then, like really, I didn't care in that moment because now, you know, you have to make a decision. It's, it's, it's live or die. You know, I, I went into that surgery terrified out of my mind because I just kept thinking like, wow, imagine going through this and, you know, um, one of the things, one of the things I dealt with too was, um, trying to, to, to see like in that moment when I was laying there being prepared for surgery, I kept thinking like, okay, what did I do? Did I cause this? And I know there are women almost probably 90% of women who go through, if not all who go through any form of pregnancy lost, regardless of how it happens, you go through that blame, like, what did I do to cause this? What could I have done to prevent this? And so after I had done with the paperwork, I kind of, you know, I prayed about my daughter, about me making it out and everything to take care of her. And then I just kept thinking, okay, what did I do? What did I cause? You know, um, at one point I remember thinking, you know, I caused this to happen because I didn't get attached to the pregnancy. So it's, it's me. I am the one who caused this to happen. And it was a lot. It was a lot dealing with it. It just, I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't there for a long time because I had to do emergency surgery, but, um, it felt like I was there. I was there forever. I was going through all these emotions. I was crying. I was, I wanted to talk to my mother more so, so she could, you know, 
help me unpack my emotions in that moment to make me feel safe, to make me feel comfortable. Yes, I still call my mother um, to go through that, right? Um, went into surgery and when I came out, well, I remember going under and I was just looking at this young surgeon, like, oh my God, I'm going to trust her with my life. And I said to her before they put me under, um, anesthetics, I remember I said to her, like, listen, I have a child. I have to take care of her. Like I have to take care of her. So I have to make it out of this. And she's like, listen, trust me. I have you. She's like, we're going to do what we need to do. You'll be fine. And you know, that kind of, that kind of reassured me. Um, I remember I just put this in there. There was this lady until this day. I don't know what she was there for. Um, I know there was this older woman who, while they were putting me under, I kept saying, you know, I want my mother. I kept, I think I kept whispering that I need my mother. I need my mother. And there was this woman there who held on to my hand and she said, listen, hold on to me. Like this is your mother's hand. And I remember that is how I was able to calm down to, you know, feel relaxed. Like, okay. Until now, I still say, I don't know what that lady was there for. I don't know what capacity she was acting in. She was probably just an angel. Okay. I am yet to see her. I actually, while I was leaving the hospital, I was actually trying to find her. Never did find her. So yeah, I'll just stick with the fact that she was an angel who was replacing my mother in that moment. But yes. So went into surgery and came out. Not sure how many hours later. I don't even know what time I went in. To be honest, I didn't care. I was just out of it. I was just going through all the emotions, right? And when I came out, that was when it really started. <laughs> that was when it all hit me. That was when all the emotions really came where it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, right? Because I came out of surgery and I was told, you know, surgery was successful and all of that. I was told, yeah, of course you wake up, you see the bandage and you're, you're kind of out of it, still kind of woozy, kind of queasy. And then I came out and I heard something that when when they said it, it, it kind of sounded like they gave me a death sentence, honestly, because, you know, where you are, where you are in your life can really impact and influence how you receive information, right? It, it can really, how you react to something can be so different depending on where you are, how you are feeling emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So you'll receive the same information when you're feeling high and, you know, you're vibrating at a high frequency. And then when you're down and you're down in the valley and you're already feeling under, the same information can literally ruin you. So I came out and I found out, they said to me that, you know, we did everything that we had to do, but we had to remove your fallopian tube. Now, that's what I heard. I don't know if the lady said we had to re remove both. I, I don't know what she said. All I heard was we had to remove your fallopian tube. And I'm going, 
I, I, I zoned them out and I'm going, he must be crazy. And I'm thinking, how old am I? What is this lady trying to tell me? I didn't care about biology. I didn't care about science. I'm just thinking, no fallopian tubes. So you're saying I cannot have any more children? Now listen, let me say this. There are women out there who do not want children. Let's talk about that. There are women who really do not want to have children for whatever reason. But I just think there is a thing about being a woman that you would like to know that you can have them and you choose not to have them. You want to know that, hey, it is my choice why I don't have children. I don't think there's any woman out there who would honestly say, I couldn't care less if I'm able to have children or not. I think we want to know that it is in our control. We can if we choose to, but we also made the decision that we did not want to. And so when they said that, like I said, I zoned out and all I'm thinking is I'm way too young for this. What the hell? <laughs> you know? And I remember... Um, she probably, she probably spoke for some time. I don't even know. And eventually they left and I was just laying there numb, just numb. And I started thinking like, I, I was, I got so low in my life. It was such a low point. And I chose not to share that with anybody because I wanted to unpack that on my own. I didn't want much of the, oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I, I'm not that type of person. I'm not that person who wants to hear the whole world saying, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I would not have shared my story if I didn't feel like it could help somebody understand that the struggles that they face, they don't struggle alone, right? That is the only reason I'm sharing this. So I remember thinking, um, I argued with God, <laughs> you know, thank God. God is, is so forgiving and so merciful. I argued with him. I, I questioned whether he was present because I kept saying, Hey, like, what did I do? You know, all these women are able to have their children are able to give birth, um, without complications or even with the little complications, they're able to bring children to this side, um, I remember thinking like, okay, what is wrong with my body? I kept saying like, I, I remember rejecting my body because I felt like you're no good. Like you had one job. I remember like I was going through so much mentally. I was literally saying to my body, like, what is your purpose? You had one job. You had this one job and you failed. And I was going through so much self-hate for it. I was blaming myself completely like, what kind of defective body is this that I got? You know, and, and I, I, I wouldn't pray because I'm like, why am I even praying? What am I going to pray for? For what? You know, I was so unhappy that I was like, it doesn't even make any sense for me to pray. And eventually I got to the point where I was talking to God, but it wasn't any, you know, our father who art in heaven. It wasn't that kind of thing. I was just there like, God, like, what are you trying to teach me? What is this punishment? What did I do to deserve this? Like, I wasn't even thinking in that moment, how many other women would have gone through similar experiences. 
I honestly didn't care about that in that moment. I was being selfish and I was thinking only of the woman who get to go through the nine months and the woman who get to see their babies at the end of the nine months and all of that. That's all I cared about. How come they could have done it, but I couldn't have. And so I remember just, just wanting to just be in a shell, you know, um, I spoke to my daughter that brought me some amount of peace. Like, Hey, you know, at that moment, I was grateful that I, I made it, even though I was bleeding internally for so long, I could have died and I made it out. And so I was grateful for that. And after, after, um, I was released from the hospital and whatever, I, I think I, I'm so grateful for my friends. I am so blessed to have friends like mine because I was able to share with them how I felt. I was able to say to my, my best friend, listen, this is how I am feeling. I feel like God has forsaken me. And she's like, listen, do not do that. Do not blame God for this because you don't know, you don't know what is in his plan, you know? And she kept reassuring me. My mother was there also 150% behind me. And she's like, listen, sometimes we cannot see what God is doing right now, but later on in our lives, when you look back at where you were, when you look back at how you felt, and then you compare that to how you are feeling now, it's when you really, sometimes you feel really bad now because you're like, oh my God, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for being upset with you. I'm so sorry for being mad at you because of where I was, right? In that time, space, reality, you could not tell me anything. You could not tell me that, Hey, it's going to get better. You could not tell me. All I could think of is I am left because I gave birth to my daughter, natural birth. Right. And that in my head was the best birth plan. And now I had to live with this scar, this C-section scar that did not bring a child here. Right. So I had to learn to deal with that scar because there was a point where I wouldn't, I wouldn't look down at the scar. I didn't want to see it because it was a painful reminder that this scar is literally there for nothing. It's just a waste of, you know, it's just a wasted scar. And then I had to deal with the recovery from having, um, having to do surgery. And then I'm having to deal with that, knowing that nothing came from this. That's how I felt. I have to go through this pain. I have to feel all this pain from the C-section. You know, if you've had a C-section, you know, the discomfort. And every time I was so angry, I was so angry with myself, so angry with where I was, because I was like, it's one thing to be having this pain and this discomfort and all of that. And there's a child, but now I have to do this without a child. So I'm literally made into an invalid for nothing. I kept thinking there was no reward for this. I was just suffering for no reason, right? And so I remember at one point I was like, you know what? Maybe this, this just isn't just, just isn't for me, right? And I, I, I just resented everything. I could not see women with their babies, young babies, and not feel some type of way. Again, I was grateful for the fact that I have a child. So if you're listening to this, don't say, Hey, you know, you're saying this and you have a child. No, because it didn't, it didn't change how I was feeling. I have a daughter. I am grateful. I love my daughter to death. But it, there's a separation because now this is another life, you know? 
Um, I'm grateful, extremely grateful for the fact that it was, it, it all happened at seven weeks. So I didn't get to, I, I cannot imagine how women feel who have brought, uh, babies much longer to the point where they could feel movements and they actually had to give birth to stillborns. Like my heart cries for women who share these stories daily when they, when they share how they feel, when they, they felt the kicks and the kicks were no more, I, I cannot even imagine because the way I felt in that time, now I can say I'm grateful for the fact that it was only seven weeks. At the time, there was no time. <laughs> the time didn't make a difference, right? I had to go through that. I had to learn to forgive myself for something I didn't even do, right? I had to learn to love my body again because now I had the, the, the bloating, the swelling from having to do the procedure. And then I hated that. I hated the, the, the wardrobe issues where you don't want to put anything that applies pressure. But again, I am so extremely grateful for where that brought me. I am grateful for who for who, um, God placed in my life at the time to help me through it. Because you know what, at the end of all of that, that feeling of uselessness and just, um, that I couldn't get anything right. Like my body had no real purpose that brought me to church. I was feeling so down, so under, it was such a dark place. I might have not even expressed exactly how I was feeling to even those who knew in totality, because I just felt like if I told them exactly what I'm feeling, they would be worried about me and I don't want them to worry, you know, and I had to also be strong. I still had to be a mom. I had to be cooking. I had to be doing laundry while going through this. I had to be showing up for my daughter, taking her to school, picking her back up, had to, you know, get back out to work as soon as I could. So I still had to balance everything else on top of how I was feeling. And I remember I was just laying there one night and I'm like, God, I just feel so useless. I feel like there is no, there is no direction, you know? And that's how I ended up attending church. I, I got up, I had, I still had the bandages on. And one morning I got up and I said, you know what? I, I heard about this church. I was introduced um, to it by two past um, clients of mine. And I said, you know, I got up really early and I'm like, hey, if it's to go to church, I can get up. I can do that. I put my best foot forward. I got up. I did my makeup. I got dressed up. I put on a dress that would not show my bandage. And I was, I was in church, you know, and I feel like that when I look at it, I had to go through that because it brought me to where I am right now. I developed a closer connection to God because of my pain, because of me being in a dark place, you know? I ended up in church and then, hey, the rest is history. I, I, I'm still there, <laughs> you know? Um, I say that to say that so many times we see people, we don't know their, we don't know their stories. We don't know what they struggle with. You know, I had to even, I had to talk myself and, and, and remind myself that Google was not my friend because I, I went on these forums, you know, in, in, 
of course, in my darkness, in my downtime, I went on these forums and of course you read all these things and people are like, oh, you know, I had one, one of my tubes. Oh, by the way, I had one of my tubes removed. So when that lady said, remove your, your tube, what I heard was, I just thought it was all gone. No, it was one, thank God, because I still have my ovaries and I still have one tube, which means I'm able to get pregnant naturally so grateful for that. But then I started to feed myself on the negative where I started to look at these forums with people talking, people sharing their experience. And they're like, Oh, you know, one person said she removed her tubes and then she couldn't get pregnant naturally again. And you know, you start to read all of these stories. And then I started to internalize and like, Oh my God, you know, why me? And then I just kind of, like I said, I had to remind myself that if I was going to get over it, if I was going to heal from that, I could not allow the negative to take precedence in my life. You know, I could not allow the, the negative to build a home and I worked through it. I worked through it. I, I got to the point, like I said, it brought me closer to God. So I understood that, Hey, I, I suffered a loss, but what I gained, what I gained in exchange, it's like that Fantasia song. Sometimes you have to lose to win again. And I lost, I, I lost a pregnancy, but I gained a closer relationship with God. I gained something that cannot be bought or sold, you know? And I, I share my story to say to you that you might be struggling. You might be feeling right now how I felt then. I still have my days when I think about having children and I think, you know, will I be able to have a, a normal pregnancy? No, I, I have faith. I, I trust God. I trust the timing of my life. So I know in my heart as humans, you know something and you're like, yeah, I know God got me, so he's going to take care of it. And then one day, you know, you really start thinking about it and doubt enters and you're like, wait, I wonder if I'll have to go through that again. I believe it. I trust that that will not be my experience again. But I can say I know how women feel when they have to deal with people saying things like, you know, what are you waiting on? Why don't you have a baby? You know, because I, I remember while I, I was going through my healing, my physical healing, a family member who did not know what I was going through said to me, you don't see you getting older. What are you waiting for? You know, and that caught me to pieces because I'm like, man, if only you knew, you know, and I did not choose to share. And oftentimes people don't have to share their stories. People don't have to say to you, Hey, you know, I suffered a loss. I suffered multiple losses. I am, I'm going through it. I'm, I'm having a difficult time conceiving. People should not have to say that. No, I get it. Cause I joke with my friends all the time. And even my friends who do know they joke with me, that's different. But when a person feels like they're being pressured to do something that they have no control over, I know it's not a good feeling. I know it makes you feel so overwhelmed. I know you suffer with thinking, how is it? Why is it that I cannot and she can? And, you know, you look at your life and, and you look at someone else and then the comparison comes in. You see somebody and they're onto their sixth child and you're like, and I cannot even get one. What's wrong with me? You know, everybody's journey is different. And I would like for you, if you're listening to this and you have gone through this or you are going through, whether you're, 
you've experienced a loss or, you know, you've never gotten pregnant, I want you to understand that everybody's journey is different. And I have heard stories, miracle stories of women giving birth under some extreme circumstances, women getting pregnant when the doctors wrote them off. I want you to have faith, you know, the kind of faith that I had to have to forgive myself, even when I was guilty of anything. I want you to believe God for what he's about to do in your life. Because oftentimes, again, what it is that you lose what you gain, you will only be able to see that when you're on the other side, when you've crossed over to the other side, you look at it and you're like, wow, this is really what God was waiting for. This is what God wanted to teach me because I learned so much from that experience. I am also able now to relate to other women's pain. I talk to so many women who say, you know, I struggle to get pregnant. I struggle because I have lost pregnancies before and now I am fearful to even try again. I can relate because of what I went through. I can relate to a woman saying, hey, I just feel like my body is no good. I feel like I don't want to dress up. I don't want to look nice. I don't want to feel nice because why can't my body do what it was made to do? And the truth is some of us are born, one of my closest friends, right? She never gave birth to children. However, However, she's been a psychologist for so many years. I think 40 something years. She's been a lecturer for God knows how many years. She has mothered so many children in this life that we had a conversation recently and she said, you know, Shanice, I finally gotten to the point where I am now accepting why I never had children of my own. I am now getting that my journey was different. If I had children, I would have to be locked into that kind of bond. I could not be there because she's been a child psychologist. She's like, I have touched so many lives. I have helped so many children heal to become healthier adults, to give birth to children that can have healthier childhoods. And she said, no, I'm seeing how it all connects. And I said it to her. I said, it's like the butterfly effect, you know? You, you heal so many and you stretch yourself to share with so many. If she had to have a biological relationship with a child or with children, she could not have extended herself the way she did. And so if you're listening and you are at that place where you feel like, hey, will I ever be able to? Yeah, maybe it is God's plan for you to naturally give birth to your children. There are also children out there who are waiting to be loved, to be, to be fostered, to be adopted. And then there are also some women who your, your calling is greater than just giving birth to a child or children. Your calling is probably to be a mother to so many, to be a female, uh, what would that be? A mother Abraham, <laughs> you know, a Sarah then. Um, yeah, sometimes our callings can look can look so different, different from what it is that we would write. If we had the book and the pen, we would write our lives so much different than what God has in store for us. But if it is that you are struggling, I want you to know that it, it gets better. It gets better. There is light at the end of the tunnel, regardless of where that tunnel takes you. I want you to know if you are one of those persons who have found yourself um, not being mindful 
of how other women are feeling or what they might have been going through. I want to shed some light on the matter that it is a painful thing. It is very painful. Um, you don't want to be a painful reminder to your friends, to your loved ones, to your spouse. You don't want to be that person. You do not want to be that person who throws salt into wounds that have been open for months, for years. There are women who are out here struggling daily with themselves, with their reality as it is. We are not trying to make it worst. It gets better. It gets better if we make it better. So just, just try to be kind. And ladies, if it is that you also have a womb that cries, understand that it doesn't cry alone. You are not the only one. You are not going through these emotions alone. You are not, you, you, there's no need for you to isolate yourself because it is a topic that so many do not want to talk about. So many do not want to be open about because of fear of judgment. Don't be afraid to share talk to somebody, talk to other people who have had these experiences, because I assure you that how you are feeling, it isn't unique to just you. There are so many other women who share the same stories, but are just afraid. So they're suffering in silence. It gets better. There is help. There is hope. And I hope you understand that you are loved regardless of how you serve, regardless of what your role is on this earth. It is just as important, even if it is not to give birth to your own children, your purpose here is just as important as any other person. You are just as important. Your body is just as valuable. Your vessel is just as beautiful and just as important as anybody else's. I send you love. I send you peace on your journey. If it is that you are trying to conceive, I send you peace. I wish you well. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. And I'll be back next week.